Look at that. Perfection. Goddamn. Facebook. They bullshit. Uh, all right. Technically, we've started, but since I changed everything, I need to be able to. Uh, shit. Y'all both watched it. Did y'all like it? No. What? No. What? <laughs> that was, it was, it was mentally exhausting. That's mentally exhausting? Yes. There were I just was like, yo, just make this a short film. Somebody can't, somebody leave the house. Somebody can drive away. Like, why are you so triggered? You know what I mean? Like, it was just. Huh? Why are you so triggered? Man, it was it wasn't triggered. It was funny though. Like I saw twenty year old me and Malcolm though. Like there was a couple times that he was like when he was really cutting. When he was cutting, I was like, "Yeah, that was me." Like, oh, we gonna fight? All right, I'm gonna fight. You ain't gonna like the way I fight. I I real quick, what? All right, let me do my part as a host. Uh. We're we're talking. I have Hillary from Philly. That's why I call her because she's from Philly, and I gotta make sure she know that the Eagles are ass. Um, I got her joining on this special episode of the Kind of Famous Podcast, as well as Cash Hollister, uh, a uh, a, 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 are we going former rapper? What are we doing? Can I say former retired rapper? You still? Giving us bars, what's going on? I'm a man that fell out the screen. That's because when you, you, that disrespectful shit he said about this movie. Uh, well, we'll wait for him to jump in, but we'll go ahead. So, we're talking about Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie, an original Netflix movie. Are you back? We got Cash yep, back. Yep. Uh, so retired rapper is it? Can I say that or active? What? What? Yeah, what would yeah. you? Retired rapper who has also been given the privilege of sitting with um, the Kansas Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is that is that correct? Uh, Kansas Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. Kansas Music Hall of Fame, and in, in the next and in, in here soon, you'll be inducting the uh, legendary, probably the most independent who who laid a groundwork in the midwest at least for independency and inducting uh tech nine into the kansas music ho- rock yeah. hall of fame is that i want yeah, to say rock music. and roll but <laughs> no just music yep how did that come together um i had a friend that's actually on the on the board that's kind of how it, it came together but i've been a member uh, of the Hall of Fame for a few years. And um, last year I kind of saw their virtual ceremony and it's like, they need some help. <laughs> so like, let me find a way to, to help be a part of this. And so uh, I reached out to my friend, didn't think anything of it. And then like six months later, I ended up talking um, with the president and then talking with the board. And then uh, about a couple weeks ago, I got on. So that's how that happened. What made you feel like you was the guy to do this? Um, I think just my experience in in in, in around Kansas music. Uh, you know, I also do 
a thing called the K-List where like I curate a playlist of Kansas artists, uh, hip hop artists, R&B artists from the state. Um, and I've been doing that for a couple of years now. But then also like, you know, I have about a good 15, 20 years, you know, in, in, the, local, in the local game. So I felt like that was part of, I felt like that was a good enough resume for me to be like, yo, you know, I got a, I got a good enough knowledge of what's going on in the state to be a part of this. But then also to, to, bring, um, to, to bring them to the 21st century, to bring them to 2021. Like, I felt like I could do that. What, what are they? In, in, what were they know, missing I'm, I'm, that you felt like? Okay, y'all not. Is it? What, what was it about what they were doing that made you feel like you need to step in and we need to make these things better for whatever the cause that you jumped in for? Because the genres they were focused on um, were just like country, rock, and then like cover bands, right? And I was like. Now Kansas is like way too talented. It's way too deep um, and diverse um, for for it to be focused on those things. Um, and so I was like, yo, let me bring a bit of a you know different perspective uh, to the board and and bring uh, what I bring to the table. So so one reason I, and I know like I know I know the rock and I know the country. Like I know that, but like there's more, and jazz too, you know. Oh, you just slipped that shit in there because you could. Uh, one, <laughs> one reason, you know, I, I I wanted to have both of you guys when when Hillary told me I need I I should watch it, <laughs> and because she, she was dying to talk about it, um, and I had just did a podcast called the House of Cain podcast where we talked about it. I hadn't watched the film yet. And uh, it got a little heated. It got a little uh, unorganized, <laughs> disorientated. I think that's the right word. But when he, when when Hillary was asking about it again, I said, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and watch it. And I've been trying to get cash on on it, on the show in some form somehow. And with both of you guys being like two major hip hop heads, if things start and, and music being almost a central part music being a part of this sh this this movie i felt like i'd rather have two people that like music enough that it when we, if we get into that that i know i can have a cohesive conversation with about that uh i keep looking at my phone because i'm trying to get this shit over to facebook i'm trying to get the share over to facebook there we go so hillary i want to start with you yeah. as the woman uh, since Cash has already expressed how this was disorientated for him, uh, how did you feel about this film? I really loved it, but I also agree. I, I was physically exhausted after I watched it. And there was several parts within probably the first 40 minutes that I was like, do I really want to do this right now? Like watch this right now. Uh, it really felt more like a stage play to me, which requires like a different level of attention for me. I think like the reliance on one setting and just the heavy, really like battling monologues. It didn't even feel like dialogue half the time. Um, it, it was exhausting to listen to, but it was, I think one of the better films I've ever seen. What was it for you that was triggering? <laughs> 
it was I don't know if I'll say triggering but it was it was uncomfortable to watch at parts like really I saw pieces of myself in both of them and just I feel like the being physically exhausted was a reflection of like when you're in situations like that where you're um like everyone's capable of being an asshole and being mean and being annoyed and saying some shit they don't necessarily mean but when your intention is to be your only end goal is to be hurtful with your words like that's a a place that isn't cool to be in and it's not healthy um for either side of it and and like seeing that play out and just like remembering being in situations where that was like I accepted more of that but I also let it make me communicate in a way that feels gross to like look back on and, and seeing it play out was like it it just it was uncomfortable at some parts um and I really did see it I think what's most frustrating about me, like the conversations I've been seeing on social media and stuff about it, it's very much like man versus woman perspective. Mm. And that wasn't how I interpreted it. I I saw myself in both of them. And maybe that was like the most uncomfortable piece is um, just like knowing that you can be both sides of that when you're in a situation that is not healthy all the way around. So Cash, why are you toxic? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> well, first, before know, but let me interrupt real quick. Uh, so, Cash is uh, married, um, and you mm-hmm. said you saw yourself in the the twenty year old version of you in this film. Uh, have you rehabilitated that person, and would your wife agree? I <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I have. Um, I think she'll say I have flashes of the old me they're 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 probably flashes of that like if if the uh if the arguments and the fights escalate to a certain level then she'll probably say uh you going back to the old you does she know the old you yeah she does she does so for her to you know that's why i like she came. She came in a little bit into it. It was during one of my, uh, Malcolm's monologues that you said, Hillary, and she was like, "Is he supposed to be a jerk?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." But I mean, then she left. She was only she only watched it for like five minutes because she wasn't in. She didn't come from the beginning. So, um, but yeah, like that was. Whew, it was sobering to look at. Why is that? Um, just I think just to see how I treated uh, people I was with. Uh, just you know, even even though it's twenty years removed, to still see that, like man, like I really used to cut people like that, you know. See, but the interest- being Mister Mister the interesting Mr. thing Rap about guy, oh, Chris, I yeah. Christian rapper that that's very important uh but what's interesting for you to 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 say that I am that guy and I I, I was that guy at a point um nothing about this film in, in in terms of that is playing out in a way to say you take accountability for what you say and these are the things like it's it's an argument that's happening between two people yet people are able to see themselves in it 
when a lot of times our partner, each partner is trying to convey to each other like how cutting they are to each other. Uh, And this is kind of building up in in terms of one of the facets of this film. But in real life, I'm not sure how often real life gets to play out fully the way it does in Malcolm and Marie. So how do you see yourself and you too, Hillary, since you say you see yourself in both people, um, how were you able to find yourself in these characters? And we'll start with Hillary. The, it's funny uh, when you mentioned your wife asking at the beginning, like, is he supposed to be a jerk? Because I, I feel like I spent the first like 15 minutes trying to decide if he was supposed to be a likable character or not. Um, and I, I resonated like he resonated more with me at the beginning of just like having flashbacks to moments where like it was supposed to be just a, just like a big special happy day. And like how how women ruin is it. this other person finding a way to just make it about them and suck the the joy out of the air and like how were we how, it's like whiplash like how did we go from this what was supposed to be joyous and great to like now we hate each other in this moment and um, that I felt more like my reaction um, to him in that um, the. what I think was most uncomfortable was the parts of myself I saw in her of like thinking back to being in spaces where like you're not in a great place mentally and spiritually and so you allow um you allow treatment that like you would tell your best friend what are you doing you would you would tell your sister like this isn't you this isn't okay it's not healthy and just like not being able to see that yourself um and it's like watching a real live addiction to emotional chaos play out. Like the way that they, well, it'll be like one person goes and you just tore their heart out of their chest and you leave the room and then like the other person's sitting there thinking for a second and they just have to get up and, and say their piece. And it's like that back and forth is really intense from just like a, a chaotic kind of dysregulation piece of when you get to that point. Um, and it, it was sad to think about those points of like, damn, I've let people say some some fly shit like that um, before. And like, what what kind of place are you in that you, that's but, not the last thing they ever say to you, you know? But you do say, women do say some fly yeah. shit. Absolutely. They knew exactly, they knew each other so well that they knew exactly what, would tear their spirit down in the moment and the went for it as hard as they could. Yeah. They knew the oh. person. Yeah. Cash? Yeah. Yeah, for me, I was... <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, yo, this should be a short film. This should not have lasted uh, 90 minutes. I thought it was claustrophobic, the way they shot it. I think that probably led to me not enjoying it as much it just felt claustrophobic which is kind of the point like when you're really in that the heat of the moment like that's just that extra mm-hmm. pressure um so like when i when i watched it um yeah i did see myself in that i did notice that like it took as it does in most arguments it took 70 minutes to get to the real reason um <laughs> as to why she was upset uh and uh, so, like, when he was so exasperated and he was just like, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Um, 
that 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 was me. Like I, I'm like that most arguments. Like you got to be kidding. Like where? Why didn't you say this before? We don't need to get to this point. Um, and picks the worst times to start bringing it back up again. Yeah. Like, and and I noticed that that line was like two or three times. Like, you know, Marie wanted to bring it back up uh, while like while there was some passion that was supposed to be going on, and it was mm -hmm. just like, Yo, fam, I'm just trying to hit. Like I'm trying to, you know, that's what I want. Why are we? I don't want to talk about this now. Um, Hillary, but, yeah. why? Why do overall? Why? Why do women uh, ruin moments? You didn't tell me I was going to be the <laughs> delegation representative tonight. Um. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why people in general, because y'all are capable of it too, believe that. Um, so for me, I, I can, uh, for me, what I saw, it was mostly humorous for me because um, I, I, I guess I know how to cut people too. <laughs> and I enjoyed watching some of those cuts. Like that, a lot of it for me, and I guess I, every relationship is different, but a lot of, of it for me was um, I felt like the arguments were not real arguments. Uh, I think this film took all the thoughts that we have during arguments and said, we're going to say them. Uh, I think maybe 20% of the stuff that was said are things that we're thinking and we, I should say this, but I ain't going to say it because I know I'm going to fuck you up. And it was like the powder keg where everything, everything that was said was usually the stuff that's held back. And then a motherfucker said, well, you mediocre. And then it's like, hold on. I know you just didn't say I was average. <laughs> yeah. And that's when like a man would blow up. It's like it, you could say all the foul shit because we generally are good at practice of um, resisting self-editing. We have great practice in self-editing. But then you call me average. You hit me you're like you could a nigga could have one fucked up hand as soon as you say something about his thumb. He he, zero to a hundred after you call his mama a bitch or some shit like that. Like he cool on everything until you say somebody's thumb that leans the other way. So I yeah, felt like you that. You can call me trash. That's fine. Mediocre. That's different. That's like, like saying take it or leave it. <laughs> mhm. Mm mhm. Mm and and instead of saying take it or leave it, it's I don't know about you. Yeah. That that that's a different type of uh, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like so yeah, that mediocre, I felt that. I was like, hold on. You know. Is that what he responded to with when he went on all that extra detail about the heart shaped bathtub? Yeah, because he needs to break down like when you calling me average, let me let you know that how deep I go. It was something Hillary said that I wanted to respond to. I can't remember. But let real just going back. Um I think out the gate, out the gate. Uh from the beginning, you know, he's celebrating this night and if you haven't well, if you watch if you watching this, you hopefully you done seen the films cuz we're about to fuck this whole thing up. But 
in the beginning, you know, there's he is celebrating. She clearly has an attitude. One thing that I know, I think this is why so many men start to feel the energy watching this is because we have seen this moment so many times where I can tell you got an attitude, but I'm just going to keep celebrating. Hope you, if you ain't going to say it, I ain't going to ask. And then, you know, women, they got to figure out a way to make you ask. They got to figure out a way to make you go, all right, what's up? What's going on? They huffing and puffing, blowing the house down. And I think at that beginning, we knew early what kind of ride we was about to go on. We didn't know how long it was going to go. But we knew that that – actually, you know what? F- fuck that point. This is the point where I think every nigga knew it was game time. The mac and cheese. The mac and cheese, <laughs> you just see him – you knew he was yeah. doing. He was like – Every dude has that moment where, like, I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. Man, fuck that. <laughs> and get up, and it's game time. That That's your boy. That's me. I will hold on a lot of shit, but th- I felt it. I felt it. I felt that with my spirit. All of it. Racial process was in the mac and cheese all day. So, uh, salted versus unsalted butter question was hilarious, though. Well, because he was just don't he, make the mac. That would warn me. Like I'm not making you. If you if the whole point was you didn't thank me and I'm pissed, we'll go home. I'll have a drink. I'm not making you mac and cheese. May or may not have celebration sex, but like we don't need the whole night doesn't need to be ruined. If we live together, we can. I can tell you about this in the morning. Yeah. It doesn't like it. It had to be. They were just up until six o'clock in the morning, just being pissed. That's and that normal. alcohol was that accelerant too. <laughs> Yeah, and it but like she wasn't drinking at all through it, right? She had like maybe a glass of wine, maybe at the beginning. Yeah, I, I believe so. I believe so. But it was her fault, as it always is with women when it comes down to this type of shit. He was celebrating a great night. If you was gonna wait till tomorrow. Then make the mac and cheese, act like everything cool, and hit him in the head with the pillow in the morning. But then it's, that's petty because why you let us go to sleep and you wake up mad? I, I don't, you know. Like, it, actually, you know what? This is one. Um, so let me ask you how, if, if that happens, if, if when you win your uh, big award and if there's someone special in your life and you should be thanked like they're special enough to be thanked and you just thank 37 people and forget them how are you gonna maybe if it's not even in that moment like how are you gonna rectify that i said i'm sorry i said i'm sorry that's that what else like he said he was sorry like a seven he said he said it a lot he forgot sometimes some man, you know how many times I, I I get it, I get why she will be mad, but once I apologize and you accept it, why are we still going through it? And I think there's a different. I think she was that upset about not being thanked because of all the underlying shit you don't see until like the last scene of her saying out loud what she wish she would have heard from him of like if you never feel appreciated or and you feel like your whole story was used or whatever like that's the underlying factor if you are meant to feel like a, a, a 
appreciate a partner every day. Like you're more willing to accept, like, yeah, it was a big, exciting moment. You forgot about me. We're home now together, whatever. But if I'm pre-pissed at you, like that's going to be the cherry on top. And, and I think that's strong for her. Like, oh, so and on top of all of this, now I don't get thanked and you thank everybody. You know? But it wasn't about that. We, we figured out what it was about because she wanted to be in the movie. That's what it was about. Because for that to come up to me, for that to come up at all, that happened way before uh, – uh, she was forgot to be thanked, her not being in the film. That's really what it started there. And she was just, it was stewing at her like, man, I'm a good mother. You know how many times she would have stood in the mirror and said, man, I'm a, man, all I need is an opportunity. And my boyfriend or my significant other is also a co-conspirator of not giving me an opportunity. And then something great happened and I'm I'm not even thanked either. Like it, it was a stairway up to this point i don't think it was about being thanked because he said he was sorry like you forget if you're not gonna forget man women weird no but no that's what i'm saying like that it wasn't about that like that was just the last thing like that was the final thing that just built up and so rather than say why didn't you cast me that's how it started like it started with i'm not being thanked mm -hmm. Then it started with why are you being a jerk. Then it, the like then it kept going, and then we got to why did you put me in the movie? And then not then it was like oh I can show you I can act. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was yeah. scary. That was the reason. Uh, that was scary. What what what? Hillary, let me ask this from in a woman's perspective, what do you think that she was mad about? On the deepest level, I think she was mad at herself for feeling that thoroughly unappreciated and not doing anything about it or e like removing herself from that situation. Um the situation being a relationship. It was. <laughs> yeah. Like if all of, cause it un, continues to unfold and you find out essentially that this wasn't a one, isn't just about not being thanked and it's not frustration over just one night. Um, and when you're listening to that fight, it like, you don't fight like that. That wasn't the first time they fought like that. Like that is the a pattern that's playing out. Um, and like, I've, I've felt it when she was laying in the bathtub and he said the shit about all the other women he was with and you see it on her face like why am I here and I think he asks her like do you like that like do you like being hurt are you something of that nature you addicted to being hurt or something like that um what was the original question because I really just went off on a tangent in my own uh why do you think she was uh mad what do you think she from a woman's perspective oh, yes. what do you think it was I think it was that that buildup of like everybody wants to feel appreciated and everybody functions better in whatever their role is when they feel appreciated and like they contribute positively to a situation, whether that's relationship, job, whatever. Um, like everybody wants to feel appreciated and to chronically not feel that at the same time that from your perspective, you're pouring into this person, you're supporting them, you're encouraging them, you 
all of that story um, was able to be, not the whole thing was about her apparently, but like you were able to give content for that that got you to this place uh, to, to be encouraged and like feel invisible, I think. You know, everybody- And then extra invisible when you don't get things. Everybody gets in a relationship expecting for it to work. No one goes into a relationship thinking this would be a failure. Uh, some people do, but a lot of people don't think that's the case. Uh, in a situation like this one from Malcolm and Marie, um, if you were to personify, uh, put yourself in a situation, would you say... Um, that this is a relationship that she stayed in too long or is this just the type of relationship that um i hate to say deserve but you know sometimes we can overvalue who we think we are and what type of po partner we think we are uh despite ending up in a routine or a cycle of the same type of relationship would you think that she stayed here too long based on what we know how things revealed in the film um, that she stayed too long or this is the relationship she's supposed to be in? I think they both stayed too long. Uh, it, it's, it was never super clear to me exactly how they started their relationship. It sounded like she was in a crisis moment in her addiction and he like kind of swooped in and saved the day at one point. Um, and that right there is like several red flags on the field um, of just like a, a savior complex in one individual of, of needing to feel like you're helping and saving and like using that, what some of it might be benevolent, but some of it can be like, I now have this over you of like, I saved your life or you weren't shit when I met you and now look at you type of thing. Um, and anyone that's in a place where they're trying to come out of that um, in addiction or whatever mental health crisis, like you're not in a, a a place to form a healthy romantic relationship. Um, it's one thing if you're already in one, but that's like not a, you're really vulnerable. And it felt like just a big old trauma bond that maybe should have been a, a fleeting friendship or even a lasting friendship, but it just felt like they were constantly trying to flex what leverage they perceived to have over the other one. Cash. Like they're they're addicted to they were addicted to the toxicity. Like that I think that's And that resonated with me. And I think that like you saying it plainly like that is like I have I have actively worked through trying to like when you're raised in a in a household where like you are bonding is associated with instability and anxiety and like um unmet expectations in certain ways like that carries into who you are and in, in your interpersonal relationships as an adult whether you were reflected on it or not uh, and it really can be like an addiction to like I associate love or connection with um you hurting me but then saying something nice in the next five minutes or like that clinging to the the really good times that are few and far in between and excusing all of the that <laughs> And like compartmentalizing it and filing it under. Like, oh, this is part of being passionate. Mm -hmm. Re repeat that. 
And you see that, you see that in how people talk about relationships on the shade room, on social media, in, in um, it's just out our generation and, and like out there in the, in the streets is, this is not just Malcolm and Marie, there's levels to this. And it's a lot of people are trying to navigate this dating world where it's just a bunch of hurt kids that haven't healed those wounds yet. Yeah, I was saying passionate. Like that, they, that's how like people would file it. Like you know, all of this abuse and oh, it's passion. Back and forth, it as, as passion, when it's not, that's that's toxicity. Mm -hmm. But you know, what's interesting to me about you know both of these perspectives is we we say it's toxic. My friend actually think that we celebrate toxic too much. Like there is this. It, it, to, being toxic is cool. Being in relation situation like that is are are is seen as a I won't say cool, but it's 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 popularized enough where we are it's a norm. And that's what I'm getting to. Maybe what we're saying is toxic is maybe because we see so many relationships or the romanticized version of people's relationships as working. And a lot of relationships probably look closer to Malcolm Marie uh, and we're just calling it toxic because we get to see it from the outside looking in. Like just because it's common doesn't mean it's not toxic. Yeah. It's, I don't it's hard for me to, to but if, accept an argument that Malcolm and Marie are not toxic individually and together. If but if we're only yeah, if, if that's if that's normal, then that's bad. Like I'm not I'm not accepting that. Yeah. And um, common and normal aren't the, like it's I think it's common. I would never say that that's normal to to yeah. knowingly treat someone like that. But it might be. <laughs> like I think we don't I think what we believe relationships are the working relationship is uh, for for example if if Cash says that his wife will say to him the old Cash is coming out, you're still that same person. It's probably more, you know, uh, uh, suppressed. It's probably more, you know, it's like Wolverine being or 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 what is it? The Hulk being able to control when he goes crazy and not. But this person is still in you. And if most relationships are just two people um trying not to hurt then maybe it's really more normal for us to hurt than it is for us to be uh, a relationship that's synchronized and complementary well no that's true I, I think just at our base like we're selfish people so yeah that's true um but in a relationship it's supposed to be like you you're supposed to put your your uh your spouse's needs or your mate's needs um, ahead of yours who decided that but for either one of you can answer that who decided that that is what makes a good relationship that i put my partner ahead or i'm more considerate maybe like today we look at it like that but if we go back i don't know 20 25 years there's a hierarchy to relationships so then it would be the woman possibly always putting the man ahead because he's the leader of the pack and now when the woman is finding this dynamic where I should be an equal, we're finding ourselves in constant con 
um, contention with each other because it's not the norm. It's not normal for us to be that way. It's a new thing. So when I say the toxic is 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 in ways normal, and the other shit isn't, is because if women are going to be equal to us or a partner that we we equally are appreciating each other, that's going to be way more complicated than our parents structure what a relationship a good relationship is because i think more women was suppressing 20 25 years ago who they are their feelings how they want to communicate saying the right thing working on eggshells all this shit was women suppressing and men not used to that so we've always i think we have graduated into a more toxic relationship but we've always been in toxic relationships it's just one of our partners never would speak up any one of you can take that I didn't. I didn't hear you. I was saying, you want to take this one? <laughs> I mean, I I agree to an extent with like the difference in how maybe our parents' generation played out. Um, and I think some of that is just the status of women. It's like my mother's generation didn't necessarily have the freedom economically to up and leave a situation that wasn't healthy in one way or another, whether that's verbal, physical, whatnot. Now the role of women in the workforce, whatever, you have a little bit more freedom there, but like, even though that is a, a fact, we still have ourselves or know so many people that are in positions where they don't have to be in toxic relationships, but are. Um, so I don't think that's all of it. Um, I also, I don't, necessarily function in relationships that my partner's needs come before my own it's like the the needs of the relationship and the union have to maybe come before my individual needs and, and that's difficult for me sometimes like I um I can be really stubborn in certain things it's much easier for me to compromise on certain points and and be feeling in a really good flow of being a partner but um, in the in the harder to compromise things just of who I am as a person, that can be really difficult. And like it, it relationships take work every day. Um, and they're not going to be perfect. And you're always going to hurt somebody, especially people that you care about, but being accountable. And that's what was so missing in that movie. Like you have to, if your partner is telling you, you did, you doing this really hurt me in this way. And this is why. And if you can't hear that without being super defensive in the moment but hear that and then if that doesn't move you to want to not hurt them like you have to ask why am i in this situation if my end goal is to hurt this other person that that's like a sickness and i know like gaslight and all that stuff but that's what i that was 100 throughout the entire movie um but yeah accountability there was a huge lack of accountability um throughout that whole movie until like maybe the end like when they realized, you know, but yeah. why, why do you feel like it should have been a short film? What, 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 um, I, I for, personally, I like the length. I, I like how it went together. Um, how, how it all played out because for you to feel exhausted is every argument that you're ever in really with your, with your spouse, because, typically if 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 you cannot say you're right oh i get it within like the first exchange 
this is an argument that's going to keep going. We're going to keep pushing it and pushing it because I need you to understand what the fuck I'm saying to you, lady. Like, you're not getting it. And the woman is also trying to make you get it. Uh, I forgot what the fuck I was trying to say. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, as far as like a, a short film. Oh, short it film, was just, yeah. Yeah, because it was just getting to the point where like, yo, can somebody just get in the car and leave? This should be this should be like forty five minutes. Like, why are we here for ninety minutes? But I get it because most most of those type of arguments are longer than an hour. So I get it. But yeah, that and was what we just, watched was ninety minutes. But in movie time, it was yeah. like seven straight hours of that shit. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. sun came up during so that argument. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's like, man. Somebody can't just get in the car and buy. I'll talk to you later. You know what I mean? Like, that was me, just as a viewer. I ain't leaving like, my this, house. This could be a short film. I ain't leaving my house. Well, that wasn't the house. <laughs> but weren't they, like, there for... They were renting it or something. But I, th I think that that... Play, and I'm curious, because I didn't know that before I watched it, that because of, like, COVID or whatever, they had to shoot it in one location. So I, I'm curious, like, if that wasn't the situation, if it would have been a different setting but i think only being in one place really played into the feeling of watching that argument of like and that addiction piece of like just staying and not leaving and like trying to like you might go onto the patio or go onto the other room but you're coming back immediately to to feed that um and that made me anxious i'm very much the like if this is too intense i need to get in my car and drive away like i, I need to walk away from this because well me or the me before i had adult like self-regulation skills um i can be pushed to a point where i don't apply that and then it's you start saying shit you wish you didn't say so which plays they were addicted to that because marie was in the bathtub getting all this you know all this abuse or whatever and she was like okay sunk in <laughs> sunk in the water came right back out and said her piece and it was like played that song it was like i can't talk about yeah, the music man. because i felt i didn't like how music was used in this but going i i didn't like the way because it was too on the nail on on the nose i don't like when you play on like when the music is exactly what's happening right now it's like no nah, it's supposed to be a little bit more nuanced than that but that is leading me into mm. Uh, what Hillary was saying about this was this whole thing was shot in quarantine or during COVID. So uh, because of certain rules, you can't do certain things on a film set uh, because of something like this. So them using a very small crew to make this um, uh, and get into the more artistic part of it for me, this film, I think what we've been talking about, is not what the movie was about at all. And I think what we're doing is what the movie is about. Um, I think the movie told us what it was about in the very beginning and the idea of um, people placing more value on what the artist is doing than what the artist is doing and how people will sit back eventually and critique what's going on and make it deeper than what the artist was intending to do. Um, so when he was going into these monologues talking about the, the the his film that he made, 
and he was breaking that down and I'm watching it and I'm like having a blast because I'm like, I'm that dude, no matter how fucking humble I can come off, I'm that motherfucker. Like these niggas don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Why are they speaking on my shit like this? Like I felt that as 20 minutes after that moment, I'm doing the exact same thing to this film, trying to figure out the layers, breaking down the layers. And I and everything that I started to see when I was seeing on um, Facebook of what people were talking about, the toxic part of the relationship, I think that was just the vehicle for the director to talk about how pretentious the common person who has no idea about the process or the the writing or the thoughts of the artist will put themselves in the position of the artist to critique it and say that I know what this thing is about, um, which I just did <laughs> and became exactly what uh, Malcolm was complaining about and Marie, because they both had this center part of the film where we think they've reconciled and they, they talked about everything that I talk about in private, but say humbly in public. Um, so them doing that in quarantine, you know, as I made a film called Stay Home that you can watch during the quarantine, um, I felt that that's what the real plot line of the movie was and not the relationship. The relationship was the easy part to grasp, which makes this a brilliant film because it's weaving these two aspects of creative uh, expression in and out. You feel you feel this for me. I feel the artist side. But then on the other end, I feel like, man, Marie need to chill the fuck out or take her ass to bed with this bullshit. The end. <laughs> I think it was. um, Yeah, I think it was it was shot very well. And, and I, I knew a little bit about the backstory as far as like uh, the small crew and, and, and it being shot during quarantine. I think that um, you could tell that. Uh, there was chemistry between uh, Malcolm and Marie. Oh, they fucked. I, I, enjoy, I, <laughs> I enjoyed that, but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I I enjoyed that, but I I didn't necessarily catch that part uh, or that. Oh uh, man, he got that weak cable, Hillary. <laughs> uh your thoughts hillary like w were you able to catch that in the uh thing or is that one of those things that i'm kind of blowing no, your mind out i did but listening that's it absolutely and it makes sense uh and that's deep and i, I mean i'm not surprised that you would well, assess it in that way as an actual filmmaker um but that that adds an even more interesting layer to me i have wanted to rewatch it but just have not been like in the mental space for it um it was it was one of the more beautiful to look at films i've ever you could pause it at any point in time and what would be on your screen would be just a beautiful still shot and the cinematography was really stunning um so even just from that perspective it it was enjoyable for me but all right, let me Definitely fix the screen real quick. Uh-oh. Hold up. Uh, Cass, what was you saying before you uh, left us there? Um, no, I think that I didn't I didn't necessarily catch that, but I was going to say, yeah, like, 
Roe would identify with that that particular monologue. I can see that. Oh man, that shit was fire. I mean, it, the every time that it 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 occurred where they jumped into that, like I was really sitting there like this shit is brilliant. Like it went from because I didn't want to watch it because I don't really want to watch relationship joints, but I didn't want to watch it for that reason. And I went ahead and watched it, watched it, and that beginning when he was going in about what he was going in about about the people, how people talk about it. Being a person who's been in the artist space, paintings and shit like that, excuse me, um, and then the transition I've made um, with filmmaking, where I go into like the film festivals and I panel and I do all this shit, and I'm always the guy, like, I, I don't like the pretentiousness of art. I don't like the the fact that it's one of those things that is layered for the high high society like i hate it i i don't like the fact that if i go sell some artwork if i put artwork in a gallery they take 40 percent so i have to mark my artwork up 40 percent i had a i had the price that was affordable but i have to mark it up so they can get theirs and i can get mine but that what would would have been affordable is no longer affordable to a person who may really love art but that extra 40 percent is just too much but i gotta do it for me you know what i'm saying so stuff like that and then you you make you know i may stay home or many things i've made i've seen people talk about it and review it and i look at it like it really wasn't that deep like it was it that part was not deep this part was deep and you fucking missed that but the part that wasn't deep, you made it something. And it's one of those things, as Marie was saying, once you release your art, and I, me and Cash kind of talk about this from, when we talk about music, is once you release it out there, you have no control over what people do with it and say. And so when someone thinks they have this brilliant thing to say about your work, you can't go out and correct everybody. It just is what it is. You accidentally stumbled into something brilliant or that shit that you belabored for days, months, and whatever didn't hit. It didn't. It missed its mark. You know, you you didn't execute it well enough for that person to understand. And sometimes we can get locked into what the the criticisms and the critiques that people make um, about our art and think that that's real life. I mean, much like a picture on Instagram, like someone can make a comment under your picture on Instagram. And it could ruin your whole fucking day because of a person who doesn't fucking matter for real. That's it. (laughs) I I think people, well, let me ask both of you guys this. Um, We're going to start with cash on this one. What's the worst shit that you said in a relationship uh, that you knew you went too far, but you was like, I'm here now. We 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 doing it. The worst. Ooh. Um, probably that I settled. I settled for somebody. My no. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like what led I, to that? Um no, nah, I think it just the, the argument went super far. Um and it was one of those things where she had cut with like that mediocre type comment. I was like, what do you mean mediocre? I settled for you. God like, damn. I could have had all this, blah, blah, blah. I, I 
I'm here for you. So that that was uh, that stuck around for a minute. Yeah. Ooh, I think every dude has had the uh, moment where he, you know, disrespectfully have said, "I could be anywhere else." <laughs> like some version of, "I don't have to be here." So. Uh, you might want to get this shit together because you're probably not going to be hot out there in the, in the streets. Um, let, let me piggyback off of you're that. you really getting that off? You know what I'm saying? You got to get some shit like that. Is that, that the off. last thing that you ever say to that woman or no? That wasn't the last thing. I mean, it, it wasn't a, wasn't great afterwards. Like, it, it was, that was probably like the death nail hmm. that particular relationship. Uh, Hillary. What's the, the meanest thing I've ever said? That not not the meanest, not but that mean, thing but... that you said and you knew you went yeah. too far, but you said we committed to it now. So it probably was actually like in the process of breaking up, um, but in a yeah, in a past relationship, um, like he had mentioned when we first started dating that. Like I knew that he didn't, wasn't proud of how he treated one of his exes. Um, and he had dated someone really briefly in between the two of us. And he had, that woman treated him like a dub. And he was like, I feel like that was my payback for how I treated this other woman. And when we were breaking up, I pulled that out of like, oh, you thought she was your payback, homie. You're about to lose this. This was, this was a three year build up. You are a dub, uh, and this is proof positive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And yeah. What do you do? I, nah, fuck that. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do to deserve that? <laughs> uh, I don't know who's. Can we see who's watching this? <laughs> I uh okay. No, that's actually <laughs> irrelevant. Um, talk about like a complete lack of accountability. That situation had gotten to the point where I couldn't even concentrate on what he was saying because I was wondering whether what was coming out of his mouth was the truth or not. Um, and I just was like, I was over it at that point, um, saying a whole bunch of shit that sounds good and doesn't come to fruition type of thing. For the record, Hillary is an American Italian, so, you know. Um I don't know what all this means. They're but. from Philadelphia, and they have they don't even respect their team. Um, what? <laughs> I think I think the worst thing I probably said was some shit like, uh, I don't know, probably the same shit. Like I, I ain't got it. I picked you or some shit like that. Like it was some, it it was. Dis- I don't want to even say it was disrespectful. It was facts. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't trying to hurt. It was facts. We're here. Um, what was the thing that, uh, Cash, what was the thing that was said to you that set you off probably in a way that you ain't been set off uh, ever? Like, what was the thing that a, a chick that you was dating said to you that said, all right, game time. Let's go. I gotta think about that. Um, 
Yeah, let me think about that because that I'm gonna have to go deep into that. I may have like <laughs> it, it, it. I may have like compartmentalized that or like <laughs> tracked it out. Yeah, like cause, yeah. You see how how I'm women hurt. It's okay, yeah. King. Uh, Hillary. Uh, what <laughs> of the what was said to you that made <laughs> that made you go off? That where you knew like this is the worst that you had to snap on somebody. Uh, probably being referred to as a bird, and but hold on, my initial my response was like that is the most preposterous shit I've ever heard. Like never in my life. The fuck out of here. A dude uh, you were dating. Like one of those on and off situation things. And it, it was, this was in the middle of a disagreement that like, it, it was Malcolm Emery spoke to this situation in my life a lot of like constantly trying to have like, this is not how you communicate with people that you say you care about. Uh, calm the fuck down, buddy. But it was, it was just always on 12. Um, and so it like, he said that and I was like that, that, I can't even be mad about that. That's absurd. Like it doesn't apply. Um, <laughs> and he said something to the effect of like, well, isn't the definition of that someone who lays up under a man that doesn't want them? And a bird? No. And which like I also wanted my initial response was like, actually you're wrong. I feel like that's not the textbook definition, but like fuck you, that was hurtful and rude and a whole lot of other things that came out of my mouth. Who, who whose home were you in when this was said? Like, were y'all in the same said, room? Yes. It was in. It was outside of the home, so it was like in public, which I think was a saving grace because I do not like to. I'm not a scene maker. Um, like I will, I will just not speak to you over like trying to. If I know I'm, I'm gonna have a hard time minding my volume and my tone and my gestures like we don't need to do this out in public um so it probably would have been a, a far more dramatic reaction because uh, i i did not have the uh i would say level of self-understanding and regulation skills that i do now um so once i got to that point you really could get it for the rest of the night Catch. And I know that I can, I can like emasculate you with just my my words real quick. I remember. Um, so uh, she had said something to the effect of, uh, "Your mother would be disappointed in you." And my mom had passed maybe three months prior to that. Yeah. So I that, killed that, that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you win. I didn't know this was a competition. <laughs> I didn't either, but yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I yeah. I, On I, behalf I, of the delegation. But like, yeah. Right. That's uh, after watching uh, Malcolm and Marie, or um, just in general, what have you, what was, what is the toxic thing that you learned about yourself that you've since felt like I need to correct this or this could be a lonely life for me in the future cash we'll start um I think 
it was really just um, being quick to uh, recognize where I messed up. Um, yeah, like just being quick to recognize that, uh, to not be as defensive. Uh, try to be a little bit more understanding. That's that's what I try to do, but um, there were just a couple instances that I saw in the movie where it was like, okay, I, he said like I, I'm sorry, but it wasn't like a real understanding. It was more like I'm sorry, let's move on, mm-hmm. and. She was like, no, 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 like, understand this, you know, why I was upset. Let, let, let me tell you, the, you know, the root or whatever. Um, so that that's something that I saw in myself that I needed to do. Hillary. I think probably, and it's something that I continually work on, um, all the time and especially right now, but like being more direct with my concerns in the moment. I feel like if Marie had said how she felt about several things at several points in time previously, it either, they wouldn't have gotten to that point or it would have been like, you you just asked the questions and got the data that you needed to make a choice. Are you saying here or not? Um, and sometimes we know that we're gonna get information we don't want, and so to avoid that, we just ignore it and, and stay rather than have that confirmation of like, now you got to look in the mirror, you're going to tolerate this further. Um, but being able to just like say that this bothered me um, and, and take the space when you need it, like that can be hard. Of, I think it's important to pick your battles. Like you don't need to say every little thing that annoys you and you'll be picking all day, but um, when it is something that like bothers me understanding why, like, is that just my response to something or is it like something that's going to impact our dynamic and being able to say that directly without having an attitude sometimes. For myself, I've learned, actually I learned throughout my, from the movie, because I was viewing the movie from a different lens, I, I recognized I recognize, you know, some of the, the, the toxic stuff, the toxic argument part, but I was more locked into the filmmaking part of it. So the relationship stuff didn't hit me much other than like watching the the male ego uh, uh, joust with another sensitive being. Uh, especially with the mac and cheese, I felt that coming. That was that was it. But personally, uh, I, 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 someone said to th- said this to me. Rome, who uh, has been on my podcast before, uh, was telling me to be more human, less robot. And for me, um, I'm a high volume worker. I like to fucking create. I will. Uh, I, I I I sacrifice many parts of my of relationships chasing this thing and it was making me more robotic in relationship like i was checking off boxes with my partner and uh uh since i've corrected that i haven't had another partner so i can't tell you how good i am but uh that was one of those things that i had to learn in the past i mean this is as recent as the past fucking 24 months or a year so Learning that to be able to break from the work and be a person, uh, 
less uh less more person less robot has been like one of the fundamental things that has helped me develop as a person because i love to create more than anything it's god complex you know to make something uh that people appreciate feels very godlike i mean it is godlike cuz it's from nothing it's an idea from something and that's why that part of the movie actually resonates more with me to say, like, you don't even understand the shit that I'm making. And usually that is the argument I'm having with my partners. Like, you're not understanding. Like, what I'm making right now means more to me than you do, which I have to uh, balance that better. So I won't know until uh, I keep y'all in tune when I get into another relationship. i tell you if it work or not. Probably won't. We'll try. Um, Maybe keep that in your head and don't say it out loud. Nah, I mean, I got to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I work too hard. I work too hard let, for a Let that be your internal truth. Man, uh, I have one more question. Oh, uh, um, I, I forgot now. We'll, we'll do this. So, Hillary, uh, you know, we talked about Cash's achievements in life uh with uh inducting tech nine into the hall of fame uh the kansas uh music hall of fame uh hillary just welcomed her first child into this world congratulations thank you so much how does it feel wild it was a wild time to be pregnant and, and have a baby and um it's it's beautiful and wonderful and hard and all of that great stuff um I, I think that that's kind of part of why the movie impacted me too I have, I have a daughter um and becoming a mother's transformative period but becoming the mother of a little girl that you are looking at like I don't want you to feel the things I felt due to the unhealed parts of of myself um and like looking at her like I we got I got to do better I got to build you up to um like only accept what you're worthy of type of thing but it's it's uh it's great she's sleeping right now so it's even better now i know cash has children soi um and congratulations on being a mother and some of the things that you talked about but i think cash much like me knows that a lot of toxic conversation and arguments happen during pregnancy uh, cause there's like no filter between you motherfuckers when y'all pregnant. Is has there been a moment in your pregnancy where you know you just plum went off on some shit that he probably still don't know what the fuck he did? No, I am. Um, I am corn. incredibly grateful for how calm uh, my pregnancy was. I even like. At the beginning, I was like, just like tearful, hormonal. And then like, that was cool. The, the week before I was induced. So like, I, I knew when I was going to go in and I was like a bit of an emotional wreck the week leading up to that. Um, but I didn't feel like angry or I feel like I got annoyed sometimes. Like, just don't be that close to me. Like at first when everything smelled really strong, I'd be like, you smell like he did not smell bad. But I'd be like, you smell bad. Like get, get away from me type of thing. But there were no arguments. Uh, felt pretty, pretty regulated the whole time. Big cap. Yeah. Um, no, you could. I, you you could ask him. 
Um, so how would you each uh, rate this movie? If you were from a one to ten, ten being the highest, what would you rate it? And what what would be a miniature review uh, that you would give it? And who should see it? Cash. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, I think it was visually, uh, it was visually compelling. Um, but mentally exhausting. It's a visually compelling film um, that is men- that is also mentally exhausting. That is the short version of what I would I would say. Who should see it? Not toxic couples. I think that gives them ammunition. Um, You're not together. <laughs> yeah, like they need to see it separately. Um, I don't know who should see it. I think. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, married couples, long-term couples. I think that, you know, somebody, like, I've been married to a while for about 12 years. Um, I told him not to watch it with his wife. Yeah, and I didn't. Um, I mean, she came in a little bit later, but she didn't know what was going on, so I didn't feel the need to explain anything. I just watched it. Um, and then she asked me later. Um, but... Yeah, I think that, you know, long-term couples should probably see it. Long-term married couples, long-term relationship couples should probably see it. Just to see, like, hey, um, if, if you guys are still doing that, you might want to improve. But Or also just to be like, yo, remember when we was like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's how I would look at it. Hillary? Um, I think probably, like, 8.5. Uh, out of a 10 point scale and I think I think it can be helpful for couples to watch I don't know about together I feel like it might be really easy like to just start looking at them sideways like remember when you said that that shit that reminds me of this feeling I have right now watching this Um, but I would be really curious to see how couples who maybe watch it separately then like come back together to talk about it like what they they thought i think that could be really informative and i think single people also can get a lot out of it um and what you might see of yourself and and recognize like oh maybe that's why these relationships aren't working out or just like a stepping outside and looking at what you hopefully don't want for yourself um and how you behave and, and what you allow to how you allow yourself to be treated on both sides of that. Um, yeah. For me, I, I think for me, I give it probably eight, eight, nine-ish. I guess I go 8.5 as well. Um, I, I, I do not recommend a single person watch it as a relationship. Just y'all watch that shit in two different rooms if you're going to watch it. I, because I, when people say it's triggering, I think there is that subconscious piece of them that sees themselves in that, and they know they do this shit, and that makes it too easy to call that person out, because it do, it you will do what they did in the movie, you know they had that one intimate moment on the floor, and they were saying this half-hearted punches to each other, jabs at each other, which. All it took was a little moment of the stop and think. And it's like, hold on. 
I need to address this little piece. I think that can happen if you watch this movie as a couple. Uh, so I would not recommend doing that. I believe it to be a brilliant film for the way that it was done um, to be able to tell these two different stories, in my opinion. Like, I think I think that shit was brilliant, how they did that and how they did it in a quarantine um, some of the choices that they had to make creatively because of that. Um, I, I just, I did not expect to really enjoy this movie like this. Like I, I didn't think in, in the first hour, uh, of that argument, I was like, all right, when this is done, you know, this is gone. I don't know how this ends, but it got to end. Somebody got to kill somebody. Somebody got to leave. That's what I was thinking. But the way that they jump back from, uh, when the when we think the initial argument is over, he's looking for his phone. He's looking for all these different. The way he was going crazy, I know what that's like. I've been there. I was starting to have fun with the movie, uh, and and it made it that much more interesting to me to see where this went. And then I just really started locking into the meta because it was a movie that felt self aware, aware and aware of itself. But uh, if you are in a relationship, if you're in a toxic relationship, this is the last movie you need to watch. Uh, but you should watch it because some of the stuff like Hillary alluded to earlier, um, people need to know when to leave, um, regardless of like, because the longer you stay, the longer the investment, the more entitled you feel to make it work. And, uh, it won't work. It just will maintain. And I don't know how you can stand a maintaining relationship for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. Actually, I'm going to throw this back to Cash. How have you made it over? F you you was, you said married about 15 years. I don't know how long you've known her. But how have you made it across the milestones of relationships to continue to make this work? And, and I don't, don't say God because I know that's you ready. All right. So I can't say God. So I'm going to go ahead because that's that's honestly <laughs> that's honestly most of the uh, but the reason i say that if everyone's not religious you know what i'm saying they right. they can't connect with that right. but no but i'm saying but i would say just for for everybody um just on a relatable level i would just say most of that has just been compromised and and uh what hillary alluded to is that it's work and that um you know in order for this to work we have to you know do certain things um to, to to make it work uh you give 100 percent. she gives 100 percent. it's not a 50 50 thing it's 100 100 so um knowing that you know that's kind of that's kind of what we do and and that's that's what's worked for us if i can if, if this is too much for you i want to ask this uh you don't have to answer if you don't want to what was the moment uh, in your marriage where you start to second guess if this can work or not? And how did you overcome that? Um, probably when I had my first daughter. Um, I think that was something where I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, just because I think we were in a, uh, it was the first year, first year of marriage. So like, uh, you know, most most um most marriages 
don't really survive in those first two years. And I think we were just at a place financially where it was just, whew, it was bad. And then on top of that, now we're bringing another person into the world. Um, this, this, whew, this is looking, it was looking really shaky. Um, but yeah, it was really one of the things where, uh, me personally, like I had to, you know, step up um, and, and, you know, do my part. Cause I, 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 I can admit that I really wasn't doing that. Um, but yeah, it was, looking, it was looking shaky for a second. How did you get out? How did you get over that? And cause it's one thing to say that I had to step up, but what, what did stepping up look like? Um, I think really just applying to, uh, like at the time I was really full-time focused on the music. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't giving returning, like the return on investment wasn't big. Like, so like I was, I was, you know, doing shows and stuff like that, but like the income wasn't coming in and there was other things that I, um, that I could have done. Uh, and I chose not to, cause I was like, yo, I'm gonna do this rap thing. And just not seeing the signs like, hey, this is like when the Great Recession sort sort of started. And so like things were starting to dry up, um, you know, just in that independent, in that independent field. And um, so I was like, all right, I need to make this pivot in order to make this work right now. Uh, we got this, you know, I got this girl come, you know, new baby girl about to come. I got to figure, you know, I got to figure something out. So that's what the main change was, was like, all right. Um, let me put this to the side. She sacrificed a lot, you know, for, for this relationship to even work. So I got to do that too. And so that was, that was for me. That was the pivotal point. You niggas are better than me, man. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I thank both of you for doing this. I mean, it was a good conversation. Was better than what I did on this other podcast. I tell you that. Um, so Malcolm Marie, Original Netflix movie. I think it was made for less than five million, around five million dollars, starring uh, Denzel Washington Jr. Uh, uh, Don't do that man like that. What's his name? John John David Washington. Yeah, uh, something like that. Uh, Zendaya. Yeah. Did yep. you know Kid Cudi was one of the executive producers? I mean, I saw that a- when I was watching it. I didn't know it beforehand. Yeah, it was a lot of names up there. I kind of enjoyed how they did that, where they just kind of pop. Every, let me let you know everything up front so we can get going. Yeah. Uh, That's what I like about it, too. Uh, uh, but starring Zendaya, uh, John David Washington, uh, I forget the guy who directed and wrote it. Uh, it was made during quarantine. This is what they would call an indie film, typically. Um, one thing about the quarantine killing a lot of those big blockbusters is it, it, it gave a lot of room for these smaller films to, to exist, these, these more complex and complicated stories to be get some attention. Uh, this is, t- to me, an art house film because it's, it's breaking some of the rules to do certain things. It's black and white. But I think if you can get past it being black and white, I love black and white. Well, that type of stuff doesn't bother me, but it does bother some. But if you see it being black and white and you don't like it, just stay with it because it's a lot that's happening there that's worth watching. Um, yeah, so it's on Netflix. It's, it's streaming. Um, what else? What else? I think that's it. Uh, so if you're watching this, you can re-listen to this on 
Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. I will throw I typically won't do do the pop-up shows, but because we did something special, I'm going to put this on the stream and to be re-listened to if you don't want to sit here and watch it. Uh, all over again, I'm going to put it on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash kind of famous pod, K-I-N-D-A famous pod, P-O-D. Uh, if you want to go to the Facebook, you can follow me on Twitch. I mean, I Twitch. Yeah, Twitch, Row is Famous. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at Row is Famous. And uh, if y'all want to drop some information, I know Hillary like to be private, but Cash is out here trying to do Cash shit. Uh, I don't think he cursed as a Christian man. But uh, and I apologize. The Lord knows my heart. Uh, if you want to plug yourself, and we we'll get up out this thing. Yeah, you know, Cash House is C A S H H O L L I S T A H. It's not the white boy clothing. Let's add Cash Hollister on all social platforms. <laughs> K list coming soon. Uh, Hillary, you keeping it private? Yeah, don't follow me, but it's been real all right. all right i appreciate you guys for doing this until next time tell your mama i said hi all right have a good evening gentlemen